Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Stakes, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. I'm Pharrell back on coast to coast on Sports Grid on a pain-free Friday. And we bring in Mafia now. Before I uh, start up with him on a UFC uh, tomorrow, uh, the Cubs have one out, bottom of the eight. They're five outs away from losing to the Marlins and being swept in that series at Wrigley. And their big batters, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, over. I mean, absolutely. They're over nine in the game. So uh, they've been terrible in the series, no doubt about it. Marlins up 2 nothing in the eighth, one out. And now uh, Ross is arguing with the umpire on a on a call on Baez. Uh, it was just balls and strikes argument. Uh, Baez thought he walked, and, and they called a strike. So uh, there's a lot going on here. Uh, anyway, Mafia, let's do it. Big uh, card tomorrow night in uh, Farella Dhabi and Fight Island. Uh, let's break it all down. Yeah, of course, this is one that doesn't have the big star power that a lot of people want. Uh, this was the card that was supposed to be Teixeira versus Santos after they were pushed back from that September 19th fight because of Teixeira testing positive. Then they put them on this card to be the headliners. And then, of course, Santos tested positive. So now it's going to be pushed back to November 7th. It's also supposed to have Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. And that one got yanked because of someone getting injured. So it's not the usual card with a bunch of names that people know. Uh, I might be a little light on some of that. There's two big fights that are huge for the women's bantamweight division that we'll get into in the top three. You know, the women are ruling this one. Two of the top three fights are women's bantamweight fights. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll discover some people that you didn't know before that are really exciting. And there's going to be a four-card, uh, four-fight card, main card, instead of the five usual. So it's getting pushed back till 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. So we'll watch that on ESPN. But looking at the top fight here, you got Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. And, of course, everyone knows Holm, the preacher's daughter from beating Ronda Rousey, getting the belt from her shot of trying to get featherweight belt. She's been around for a while now, 38 years old, a former professional boxer. Uh, she has been... Fighting top fighters for a long time. Aldana is a Mexican kickboxer. She's won five of her last six. And that one loss was a split decision to Raquel Pennington, which I thought she should have really gotten the victory. So she should be on a six-fight win streak here. And two of those three losses she has in the UFC are by split decision. So keep that in mind that even when she has lost, it hasn't been, you know, a close it has been a close fight. It hasn't been one where she gets dominated. Holmes gone five rounds multiple times. 
Aldana's never gone to the fifth round, only went to the fourth round once, and that was back when she was fighting in Invicta. So there might be a little bit of edge there for Holm. They're about the same size, same reach, all that kind of stuff. Similar styles. The way for me that this is going to go is depends on who controls the action. We saw Holm in her last fight against Raquel Pennington. You know, the way that she won that fight is really clutching and grabbing, getting in the clinch, just really pushing Pennington against the cage. Not a very exciting fight. People were very upset with that. That's the fight that she wants right now at 38 years old against Aldana. Aldana's a little quicker, faster with those combos. They're only 32. I think that Holmes going to try to keep it up against the cage if she can. I just hope that Aldana is a little quicker and faster and gets her, you know, her feet moving, gets out of those situations. So I'm going to take her at minus 103 as the, you know, slight underdog here at home minus 118 for home. So I'm taking Aldana, and I think she's going to win by KO, TKO, or points, taking the double chance there because you get the little better bet at plus 110. I think that Fandle thinks it's going to go the distance at minus 182 is yes. Well, and in points is minus 195. All the methods of victory plus points. And one thing to remember with FanDuel, it's going to come into play, I think, in this one possibly, and in that third fight we talk about, is that they have the decision defense, where if a fight ends by split decision or a majority decision, and it's the opposite of what you picked, you get side credit back. So it has to be unanimous decision for you to really lose completely. So that's something that we know could come into play with these judges and refs. The second fight of the card, Yogan, the mad Titan DeCastro is fighting Felipe, uh, Carlos Felipe, the Ox. And this is going to be two heavyweights just slugging it out. Both these guys are pretty big. Not in a lot of experience in the UFC. Two fights for DeCastro, one for Felipe. From what I'm looking at, both of them last the fights were losses against bigger guys. They don't think it's going to go the distance, obviously, because no, minus 280. Uh, DeCastro is a big favorite, so it's not exactly the most enticing odds. So I'm going to run DeCastro by KO, TKO at plus 105 because I think he's going to be a little faster. Felipe's, you know, his hooks and his big punches are a lot more looping. So I think DeCastro with his more... You know, concise and quick punches are going to get in there and, and hit him every time he's trying to throw those big power punches, and he's going to end up getting this fight. All right, we welcome in all of our radio affiliates on Sports Grid Radio. Get the Sports Grid Radio app. Don't forget our Sports Grid Radio overnight lineup. For all in advantage, Sports Ridge, Bagels and Bad Beats. You can watch us on YouTube. Search Sports Grid Radio. We're on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and Southern California. I want to go back real quick to the uh, baseball game. It was not Baez. It was Contreras. And uh, there was a argument about whether he had been hit by a pitch. Then uh, eventually Garcia did hit Contreras with a pitch. And then Contreras started talking smack to him going down the line to first. And it looked like a fight was going to break out, but it never did. The umps kept everything under control. He's at first. But uh, Schwarber, I think, flew out. There's two outs now uh, in the bottom of the eighth. All right, Mafia, uh, real quick. Uh, John Jones responds to Adesanya, the comment about his mother asked if they're still on for 21. Are they going to fight next year? Probably not because Adesanya's at 185. He'd have to move up to 205 where John Jones just left. He's going up to heavyweight, right? So that makes it kind of impossible unless he drops back down to light heavy. I mean, Adesanya had to put out a great performance last weekend, but I'm really disappointed with how he's acted ever since. He's com- become a complete jerk. He's becoming the, you know, the bad guy in all this. And even calling out you know, a guy like John Jones and somehow still being the bad guy is hard to do. But he, you know, talked about Jones's mother who passed away a couple of years ago, saying she'd be disappointed in what he's become. That's not a thing to do. That's not cool. It's just really out of line. So I don't think he's doing a great job being a champ right now. And what about what could he become a double champ though? Whether he talks bad about anybody or not, he could. I don't think it's gonna be next year though. Some people are talking about it being that. I think he's gonna wait till twenty twenty two to possibly move up because he's a guy that's talking about you know wanting to clean out division. He doesn't want to leave any doubt that he is the best middleweight before he goes up to possibly fight at light heavyweight. So there's a couple guys still hanging around there that I think he'll go and fight next year. And if he, you know, defends the belt all those times and makes himself look good, then that's when he'll move up and go challenge a light heavy. All right. And then Gapsy said he wanted to slap Colby Covington across the face. That sounds fun to me. I wish I could see that. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so uh, back on Coast to Coast on a pain-free Friday, I'm Pharrell. Uh, Contreras still talking with Garcia going off the field as the Marlins are three outs away uh, from sweeping the Cubs. Contreras wants to get in a fight with Garcia. Garcia is just excited. He's going to drink free champagne and beer in about 15 minutes uh, in the Wrigley Field visiting clubhouse. So Contreras can go home and tell his mommy he doesn't like the pitcher that beaned him in the elbow that he uh, stuck his elbow out to get beaned by. I mean, Contreras like a child out there. He looks like such an idiot. Uh, the Cubs are getting their ass beat. Bryant flew out. Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez, oh, for the donut. I mean, just absolutely terrible in the whole series. The Marlins are working him. We bring in Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider, to get ready for pain day Sunday in the NFL. Uh, we have Adam on every Friday as well as Mondays and Thursdays. It's a beautiful thing. All right, Cap, let's go. Steelers, Titans, they have rescheduled the game. Yep. Uh, and you and I talked about this earlier when the news broke about the COVID with the Titans, that they were looking at week seven and week eight. That was when they might move it, and that's where they're going to move it. Break it down for us. Right. Yeah, so basically they had to find a way to make sure the schedule worked. Where, remember now, the Steelers are the team that is healthy here, but they are rescheduling because of this bye week. They had to make it where it would work and connect it to their, their games those weeks. So they got it. They figured it out over week seven and eight. Both teams are in good shape there. My feeling was yesterday when you and I talked, this would be done within 48 hours, and it was. The question now is with the Titans. Where are they going to be next week from a health standpoint? They have at least 10, it might be 11 people now. It's coaches and players, not just players. Players who have COVID or coaches have COVID or have tested positive. So you have this issue. This is the greatest fear from the National Football League, that a team or teams that have an outbreak because there's no way to predict it, despite the stringent pro- protocols and all the memos that teams are getting, and they're, they're, they're aware of it. They're wearing masks in the buildings. I, I was talking to a coach this week. Everywhere he walks, there are cameras. They, the, the coaches and players know inside the building they have to have their mask on. The only time coaches cannot wear their mask is in their office, but someone else cannot be in there. As long as they're alone, they could take it off, but if someone else comes in, they must have their mask on. That's not the issue. The issue is what happens with testing and how long does it take them to get that testing back? Because if you have people being tested that feel fine and they're asymptomatic, they could still be carriers. They may not feel like they're sick, but they might be carriers. 
this to me is probably what's happening with the Titans here because the protocols are great. The problem is that you cannot get the testing quick enough. The, the people are getting, Pharrell, they're getting the temperatures taken immediately. I, I visited Eagles training camp. I had my temperature taken immediately. As long as it's within the right range, I could go to practice. But they did put you in an area where you cannot get close to the coaches and players. So I think the protocols are good, but it's the testing time that it takes it takes to get back. That, to me, is a little bit of a concern. Do they uh, follow any kind of uh, letting the rapid test work, or do they have to do the two-day uh, lab test? Yeah, they have. They get the lab test, but here's the thing: you also have to pass two tests. It, it and also, if you have a positive, you got to be away for a bit and then pass two tests. Uh, look, we've had coaches have this. Sean Payton had it in the off season. Doug Peterson, the Eagles head coach, had it. I'm told around the National Football League, other assistant coaches had it. The word never got out, but they wanted to keep that private, so I've agreed not to report it. But I know that there's some other assistants over the league that got it. And thankfully, none more serious. See, that, this is the thing with COVID. Sure, there are a lot of mild cases. And our hope is, by the way, Pharrell, with the Titans, that all these cases are mild, but we don't know. And by the way, the league does not have to tell you of it, whether the, whether the people were asymptomatic, but they failed. There's no information on that. We just know that there's a certain number. The players go on the reserve COVID list. They've got to pass a couple tests to get back. And typically, you're going to miss about a week, unless, of course, it's a false positive. But... The false positives now have been under control. Thankfully, we're not having that issue anymore. How does this, I mean, it, obviously the Steelers are being cool about it. Tomlin said all the right things. We'll play 13 in a row, whatever it takes. Uh, just yep. tell us where to go. But in reality, now they have to play the Titans and Ravens back-to-back in week seven and eight. And they were hot. You and I talked about this yesterday. They were 3-0. and So much for that. Yeah, coaches never, when they're playing great, they don't want any time off. They want to keep going. Why would you you know, suspend this greatness is the way they look at it. But it is what it is. They have to abide by this. They have no control over scheduling, literally zero. So as Mike Talman said, they'll play wherever they go, and they'll deal with it. He clearly was not happy uh, just reading his quotes, but well, there's nothing you can do about it. And, you know, you take this break. Deontay Johnson had a concussion. This will help him get back to normal. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, who's looked very good, by the way, uh, coming back from his elbow surgery. All the bumps and bruises, this actually helps you for the for the grind that's going to come up here with unfortunately now playing, you know, 13 straight. We had concern about that. Look, I remember a day back when I first started covering the league, there were actually two bye weeks, and coaches did not like that because you were talking about momentum. They didn't like that. They'd rather keep playing, particularly if you're still winning. So, uh, Adam, let's talk about the uh, Broncos-Jet game last night. And uh, Brett Rippon was terrible late in that game. But nevertheless, they got the win. I thought Gordon's run uh, obviously iced it. I thought his uh, pick to Desir, he threw two of them to Desir. One was a pick six hizzy. The other one was to pull. I mean, he threw into triple coverage on the Desir. He threw into quadruple in a zone coverage to uh, pull. I mean, I don't know what – it was a disaster watching that kid throw those passes. But, the you know, I guess the pass rush saved them. Gordon saved them. They won the game. They covered. I had the Broncos winning, and they covered that spread. Originally, they were laying two and a half. At the end of the day, they were getting one and a half. What did you think of that game and everything with Rippon and even uh, Darnold separating his shoulder and playing with it? Yeah, a couple things here. Remember what you said last week when we talked about sometimes when you get two bad teams, they play together, they actually produce good football. Look how many points. We had over 60 points scored, first of all. Brett Rippon for three quarters looked like a guy who had been drafted. He wasn't drafted, but he looked like a drafted quarterback. 
And then what typically happens, the more these guys play, the worse off they are. The mistakes were inexplicable, awful, uh, bad decision-making, forced some throws, but he kept them in the game, made some good throws. Noah Fan, unfortunately, hurt his ankle. He could not finish the game. Their, their, their first-round pick from last year, uh, Famayo, who's a pretty good football player. And how about and, and, and how about Tim Patrick, number 81, a tall receiver who's filling in for Cortland Sutton, who unfortunately tore his ACL, who's out for the season. You like the talent that they have on offense. The defense, though, is a shelf of what it once was. They don't have the great pass rush without Von Miller. Bradley Roby coming back from his ACL reconstruction is doing the best that he can. Uh, they, they've got issues in the secondary at corner. Uh, but, look, they were competitive. Give them credit. Uh, they got some mileage out of Melvin Gordon. You and I talked about him yesterday. The guy could still play. Uh, they don't have a great offensive line. They knew that going in. It's not going to change anything. It's a good win for them, but with the Jets, let's go over to them. When you look at them, they have very little talent, probably the least talented NFL team. This is why Joe Douglas, the GM, got a six-year deal. He knew he had to get this. This, this, this roster had to be flipped. They have new offensive, defensive schemes. You, you mentioned Darnold, who's got a bad shoulder now. They're not sure if he's going to be able to play. I am told that Joe Flacco has been throwing great. He's actually been throwing for four to five weeks, but he had not been cleared medically. But uh, he was cleared. He did, as you saw, get in last night. So he will start if Darnold cannot go next week. They, they're not going to know him probably till early next week whether Darnold's going to be able to go. Uh, but look, they're a bad football team. We kind of knew it going in. They don't have Le'Veon Bell at running back. They don't have Rashad Perriman. I'm told his ankle injury that he has, which kept him out the last two games, is actually pretty serious, pretty significant. Probably won't play next week. So they got problems scoring. They have no pass rush on defense. Greg Williams, their D corner, is doing all that he can. You knew they were going to throw the kitchen sink at Brett Rippon. They did. They got to him in the fourth quarter, but they could not pull it off. How long before uh, do you think Locke can get back? going to be several weeks. He's got a bad shoulder. Uh, that is his right throwing shoulder, as I understand it, that it's going to be a while. And look, they don't have a choice here. You saw what they did. They put Jeff Driscoll in uh, for a little bit. But look, the guy's a journeyman. He's not good enough. Uh, this kid Rippon, though, I got to give you, got to give him credit, though. Give Pat Shermer credit, the OC, the former Giants head coach. They had a really good game plan to feature the run. They did that. For three quarters, he could play in the National Football League. At least he's got those reps now. He knows not to force it, so he'll be better from it from seeing that tape today. Yeah, I thought uh, Jerry Judy had a big catch in his first yep. touchdown in the yep. league, and I thought their pass rush uh, was impressive. A lot of guys getting banged up. Chubb left that game late, uh, but Denver uh, got out of there with the win. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Darnold, with the time off, between next week when they play, if he'll be able to go with that shoulder or if they'll go uh, with Flacco, uh, certainly. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about uh, Mostert. The Niners running back has said they should shut down MetLife because of that turf. And I want to get Adam's opinion on what he thinks of the field at uh, the Giant Jet Stadium. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, great job, Carver High. And uh, Baez just struck out. He had fouled a pitch off of his calf that hurt me. I mean, 100 mile an hour right off his calf. He went down in a heap, got up. He was in agony. And the very next pitch, he just stood there holding the bat, still in pain. You know it was riding through his mind. And uh, Kinsler just threw a gasser right by him. Hayward with a leadoff double. He's on second. Now one out. The Marlins are two outs away from sweeping the Cubs. Let's see if they can close the deal. We're talking to Adam Kaplan, our fantastic NFL insider on Sports Grid and Coast to Coast. Let me go back to uh, the middle of that game last night when uh, Raheem Mostert of the 49ers was tweeting on social media that um, MetLife Stadium is awful. They should shut it down. A lot of the Niners players have been clamoring about it. Uh, obviously we haven't heard Shanahan saying these things, but players have been saying it. The NFL went in and inspected the stadium, Adam, and, and gave it a pass. What's the uh, latest on uh, all the player complaints about that turf? Yeah, so the NFLPA, J.C. Treader, the president of the PA, would like every stadium to have grass. Now, it's cheaper to have turf. I understand that. And, and the, the thing that's interesting about the Niners is they happen to play there Two, two straight weeks versus the the Jets and the Giants, of course. And the turf is not great. They, they don't like it. Um, it. It's natural grass comes up the right way on your foot. Though, look, the, the, the fake grass, if you will, it's been tested. The, the company that does it thinks it's great stuff, but the players don't like it. Players always want natural grass. They always want it because it comes off the cleat in, in the right way. So this is going to be interesting to see what happens here. They could deny it. The, the league could say it's fine, but the players don't like it. And and this is going to be interesting to see what happens here with the NFLPA. How far do they push these discussions over a series of weeks and months? Because at some point, players are going to say, you know what? If they down the road, they can do this. We're just not going to play on turf. They could say that. I mean, it, it's something that they can do years you know, down the road and months down the road. They don't think it's safe. And you keep seeing players get hurt there. It's it's not just there. It's any place that you have field turf, you get concerned about it. They, they've done the best that they can to make it feel like real grass, but I've been on it. The balance and the pellets that are in there, it's not the same feel that you get. It's close, but it's not the same thing. It doesn't have the same give. Uh, so uh, it's interesting, and all these guys getting injured there, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Browns, Cowboys are next on the table, Adam. Let's talk about uh, what you found out about Kareem Hunt's status. Yeah, this is surprising to me. He actually did work on Friday. In fact, he looked pretty good. They purposely limited his practice time. So they're going to see how he feels with this groin injury over the next 48 hours. He went from really on Wednesday where they were pessimistic to now having a chance to play they did sign running back Dontrell Hilliard off their practice squad on Thursday, which means they're still concerned about him. But it's still about Nick Chubb. And the thing with the Browns is, Pharrell, when you look at their offense, the Browns told me last year it was all about their pass game, less about their run game. Now with the new coaching staff and Kevin Stefanski, 
he felt they had to get back to the roots with these two great running backs, Nick Chubb and the aforementioned Kareem Hunt. It's the base of the running game is their offense. That's it. They come out trying to run the football. The question is, because the Dallas Cowboys secondary is pretty bad, they've got nine touchdown passes in the last two weeks. Will they actually come out throwing with OBJ, who, by the way, will play? He had a minor injury. He's playing. He will be in the starting lineup. And Landry's got a little bit of a hip injury, which has been lingering all season. Will they come out actually throwing the football? I doubt it. Their foundation is running the game, running the football. And that's how they set up play action. But you will, you do wonder if the Cowboys get a lead here, are they willing to play in a shootout here in, in, in a throw in, in a throwing match? I, I think that could happen here. That could definitely happen because the Cowboys, their secondary has been atrocious. The Browns pass rush, their D-line has been pretty good. The Browns are beat up, by the way, in the secondary. At least one of their starters, Greedy Williams, is out at corner. So that, to me, sets up a possible throw fest here. Browns don't want it, Pharrell, but they're probably going to have to do it. Dak loves that offense. He says it's the most explosive one he's been on uh, in Dallas. And I actually think they have so much potential, uh, Adam, uh, with all the players that can make plays on that offense. I mean, they got a lot of star talent. And I'm expecting them at some level to, uh, in my view, win that division and run away with it. I really do. Your Eagles look terrible. They have to turn it around now. I'm not sure they can. Dallas has three straight at home. They could uh, squeeze this division right now. Well, let's start with Dallas. I totally agree with you. They're, they're the clear favorite right now. They're the healthiest of in that division. They have the most talent, by the way. They, unfortunately, over the years, they've not always played up to that talent, and that's what Mike McCarthy, the head coach, has got to do here. But when you look at that division the, what, that we've dubbed the NFC least, it's really survival of the fittest. Whoever's going to be healthy is probably going to win it. It is Dallas. They're also very deep. They've got good depth. They've drafted really well. you got to give Jerry Jones credit. He doesn't get involved in free agency like he used to years ago, but Prescott's got a lot of talent around him. Dalton Schultz is now their, their, their starting tight end. He's filling in for Blake Jarwin, who tours ACL. You know about the running game and, and Elliott and, and CeeDee Lamb, the first-round pick, who fell to them, by the way. They got lucky that he fell that far. The Eagles would have taken him in a heartbeat had he dropped to him, but uh, he didn't. Offensive line, it's got some injuries. They're a little bit concerning, but they're playing really well. And I do pick them to win this game against the Browns. The Browns have to show me, though they've looked really good at home, that they can win on the road. Until you can win on the road of the National Football League, you're not a playoff team. So I want to see this game. This is one of the more intriguing games on Sunday. So let's talk about the Falcons and Packers. The Julio Jones and Devontae Adams look like they're going to be uh, able to go. We'll see. But I think the interesting story Trending is about uh, well. Lazard is out. And you talked, I believe, to Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a satellite radio. And how did that go? The Marlins just won, by the way, and swept the Cubs. That game's over. Tell me about your conversation you had with uh, Valdez-Scantling. Yeah, MVS is pretty good. So I've talked to him the last couple of years on, on NFL radio. And what he'd said last year was the reason why he struggled, part of it was because he had two minor injuries which were lingering. And I wondered about that because he really fell off. The expectations last season were enormous, and he didn't meet them, even come close to it. So he said, look, he felt good. Aaron Rodgers has been effusive in his praise. Uh, so is Matt LaFleur. He's gotten off to a good start. He will start now for uh, Alan Lazard, who had the core muscle surgery here by Dr. Dr. Myers in Philly. Actually, Dr. Myers' office, by the way, is two miles away from the Eagles complex. It's kind of funny how that works. But when you look at it, Lazard's out, who did great last week against the Saints. MVS is long. He could run. But in the scouting community, I'm told that Valdez scaling is very raw. Yes, he's talented, could run, and he's long, and 
Uh, he's got ability, but he needs further refinement. And he did have a good offseason, though. It was obviously abbreviated because of the COVID situation. So this is a big step for him here. Now he's got to start for at least five weeks. This is a big step for him. Let's see if he can handle it. But he's been a go- good story so far through for, uh, three games so far, though, this season. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Eagles Niners. The Eagles uh, yeah. have oh, massive God. problems. And I'm, you know, I've been listening to this rhetoric from Peterson and Wentz about how they're so close. How can you be so close when you have no players? Yeah, well, let's put it this way. The, the issues that Carson Wentz is having have nothing to do with injuries. It's about him throwing the ball correctly, getting his feet set, playing with proper mechanics for all. And he's not done that so far. He's been on the steady declines. 19 season, it really started. Through three games this season, he's just not played at the level that they expected. Now, he closed last season well with mostly street free agents. This week, they've got two healthy receivers. Greg Ward, you might remember from University of Houston as a quarterback, is now their slot receiver. He'll probably start on the outside. He could start obviously playing the slot. John Hightower, who had an illness, practiced fully on Friday. He probably will start on the outside as well. Then they've got Travis Fulgham. Fulgham, if you follow college basketball and football, Fulgham went to Old Dominion. As we know, it's a basketball school, not a football school. Well, there was only one school I'm told it offered him a scholarship. It would be that school. He's six, two and a half. The Lions drafted him, I think, in the fifth or sixth round a couple years ago. He had a good training camp. He's on the practice squad. And don't forget about Deontay Burnett, who almost certainly is going to be added from the practice squad on Saturday. He played with Sam Darnold at USC. He's done a good job for them. So right now, because we're probably only dressed, Pharrell, four receivers. And don't forget, though, Dallas Goddard. Their third-year tight end, who they thought would have a breakout season, he's going to be out at least four weeks, I'm told, probably five or six with the broken ankle. He's on injury reserve. So they got problems. The Niners have so many problems. The Niners are down three out of their top four corners for this game, but it probably won't matter because the Eagles right now, Pharrell, they don't know is even going to start or actually what the rotation is going to be at wide receiver on Sunday night. So both teams banged up. Garoppolo's out. D Ford's out. Drew Greenlaw's out. Jordan Reed, who played great two weeks ago. He's out for two months with a great three MCL sprain. Akella Witherspoon's out of corner. Emmanuel Mosley, one of the starting corners, is out. Richard Sherman has to serve one more game on his uh, on injured reserve. So they're screwed here with these injuries, man. It's crazy. I've never heard anything like it, but you just went the litany. I'm out of breath, man. I mean, honestly, like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. What is the latest? Uh, is uh, I know uh, Kittle's going to play. Nick Mullen's going to go Who's for playing? Jimmy G again. Let's switch to something else really quick. I got about a minute. Sure. Jamal Adams will not play for Seattle this weekend? Correct. Correct. He's got a grade one groin, groin strain. He will not play. He did say, like, this is the first time he's had an injury like this, and they're just being taking a precaution here. Uh, and I'll tell you what, this game's in Miami. This could be a shootout if the weather holds up. You know, as you know, for all these rains, sometimes they come out of nowhere. But if it's going to be a clear day, this should be an absolute shootout because Jamal Adams is their best pass rusher. Can you believe that? A safety. Yes, he's been terrific. But unfortunately, he will not play this week. 20 seconds, respectfully. Uh, how do you think Cam Newton will do against the Chiefs? Love this one. This could be yet another shootout. Sometimes when we think that's going to happen, it doesn't. But I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, two, two strong arm quarterbacks who could move, with, certainly. This is going to be a fun one. Cam Newton has answered the bell. He's looked terrific coming back from his broken foot. This is going to be a fun game. You saw, though, you saw what happened with Patrick Mahomes. It's impossible to stop this guy because you can't mimic him. The question for Belichick is, who do you take out? Do you take out Travis Kelsey? 
or do you take out Tyree Kill, but you can't take out everybody? We got to run, buddy. Thanks. Great job. Adam Kaplan, everybody. Thanks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, so uh, they're moving the president to Walter Reed Medical Center out of precaution because of the COVID. So that's a huge story uh, this afternoon. That's a serious situation. Uh, Texans and Vikings informed uh, their game is on Sunday, as scheduled after no positive test from the Vikings. Uh, also, uh, Falcons are using drones to clean the Mercedes after games. They'll have fans for the first time on uh, next Sunday's game. But how about that? Drones. We Yesterday we were talking about robots that clean robots. stadiums and spray down people with laser lights. I mean, this is George Jetson stuff. All right. Uh, we got a bunch of uh, NFL players we're going to hear from now. Carver High. By the way, the Marlins are celebrating right now at Wrigley. They swept the Cubs. The Cubs players, after they lost, looked like they had their Mercedes stolen out of the players' parking lot. <laughs> yeah, let's cash that. Let's cash that Marlins win the series ticket at plus 170, Scotty. I'll be on them again against the Braves uh, in the next round in the NLDS. Let's start with last night. Uh, you mentioned it with Adam. The Broncos get a win on Thursday night football over the Jets. Uh, tough game to watch, fun game to watch. I guess it's how you want to look at it. Here's the touchdown that iced the game by Melvin Gordon late in the fourth quarter, courtesy of NFL Network. It was a wild game. So we'll see how the Broncos and Pat Shermer want to call this with the young quarterback. High formation with Gordon, who has to bounce, and now this is the play they need. Gordon is going to get toward the end zone and in. He got a great block from Brett Rippon, the quarterback, and after bouncing it, Melvin Gordon has basically ended this ball game. 43-yard carry by Gordon, and that is the knockout blow. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, I'll say I just covered <laughs> is what I'll say. I had the Broncos, and they would not have covered. Originally, it was two and a half. They were laying. At the end, they were getting one and a half. So if you had them yesterday, you would have covered. I had them early in the week. I would not have covered, but that touchdown uh, covered. So Broncos to win and the spread, the double cover for Ellenabench.com. Hide the money from your wife. There was a lot of uh, cheap stuff from the Jets in that game as well, Scott. A bunch of personal fouls, including right at the end of the game, uh, Vic Fangio didn't even shake hands. He took his team right off the field after the final whistle. Uh, here's Adam Gase on all the personal fouls by the Jets last night, Scotty. Yeah, I mean, we had multiple chances to get off the field. We we, we, we hurt ourselves. I mean, the penalties were just they're, – they're brutal. I mean, it's just – Made him punt one time. We just we couldn't we couldn't do the right stuff. I mean, when we did hit him, we were hitting him late, too late, and we're getting personal fouls and ridiculous. Look, I, I don't blame Adam Gase for that game last night. I blame his stupid ass players with all their uh, cheap shots. The the headshot on Rippon at the end of the game with three seconds left was completely unnecessary. I think that guy should be suspended. 
uh, for that. Uh, just absolutely nonsensical hit. And it's that Greg Williams. Uh, I think he's a dirty coach. Uh, he's already got the bounty on his head. Uh, he's had that uh, his whole career. He, people already know that he's a piece of shack. So he went out and let his players do it again. Greg Williams is the effing problem. Uh, that guy's uh, scum. You can quote me on that, too. We know that the Titans and the Steelers will not be playing this week. Game has been moved to week seven. Here, Scotty, is Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. He said there's absolutely nothing that we can do about the situation that we've been put in. We just have to go and play when we can. Here's Tomlin. You know, I'm disappointed because we were preparing to play and we're not getting an opportunity to. But we understand the nature of this environment we're in in 2020, and so we're just adjusting accordingly. But there's disappointment, no question. We've worked extremely hard at the beginning portion of this week in preparation for what we thought was an opportunity versus an undefeated team in their venue. And so you lean in on those opportunities. And so we're not getting the opportunity to do that. Instead, we're getting a bye week. Uh, so we're going to make the best of that. Uh, we have every intentions of uh, getting appropriate rest and taking care of those that need to be mended in any way. Uh, and more than anything, just, you know, kicking back and gaining a little bit little bit of perspective in terms of watching others work. And we'll come in the beginning of the next week and lean in on Philadelphia. So let's go back. And I agree with everything, Tom. Let's just worry about what you have to worry about. Play when you have to play the Titans and Ravens. Just go play the games. Don't be afraid of anybody. Let's go back. I want to ask you, Carbri, am I wrong about Williams? Explain to me why in that game he let his players attack that kid. A third string hack, no, uh, you know, name, undrafted player uh, playing. They have no quarterbacks. And so it was pretty obvious to me with all the dirty cheap shots. Williams had one that the hit late. They're down eight or they were down whatever it was, 37, 28. They're not getting the ball back. There's three seconds left. They have no chance to get the ball, no chance to score, no chance to win, no chance to do anything. And then you let your players try to take that kid's head off with a cheap shot and level him in the head. That is Greg Williams got his name all over that. I don't care what anybody says. The whole game they had cheap shots and dirty play, and I blame Williams for all that. You you cannot blame Gase for that. That's that defensive coordinator that his entire career has been a cheap shot artist coach, and that's all there is to it. Everybody knows it. Nobody has the stones to say it, so I did. No, absolutely. The way the end of that game was handled was awful. Um, and throughout the game, you know what he's trying to do, Scotty. He's being the tough guy who says, we're going to intimidate this kid who's making his first NFL start. We're going to try to rattle him. We're going to try to push him around. Him. That seemed to be, yeah, well, yeah, you can go that far. They tried to hurt him and uh, it did not go well for them. They lose the game. And they're probably not going to win a game all year the way that they are playing right now, that's for sure. Uh, moving on to Dak Prescott now. You mentioned it earlier. This is the start of three straight home games for the Dallas Cowboys. Some serious space here to uh, get some distance in the NFC East with everybody else. He says they have to take advantage of it. Dak Prescott. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I don't know if we've ever had three straight home games uh, since I've been in the NFL. So it's great just to... To be able to be here and to be here in Dallas, to be at home, um, to to protect our home field uh, and allow people to know, allow people to know when they come in here, um, this is this is our home and this is our home turf and we're going to defend it. So uh, it's a great way for us to get momentum going, as you said, and get things going in the right direction. Uh, we've got to use it to our advantage. Well, there you go. Uh, obviously, I mean, duh. Uh, you got three at home. You got to win them. Uh, I think this is a good football team. They're in every game they play. I know people love to make fun of the Cowboys on uh, television and everywhere else. 
I think they're going to eat their words. This is a team loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. They got a pass rush with Smith and company. They got big names, star players, a great quarterback. You cannot tell me that guy's not a good quarterback. I don't want to hear it. He's very exciting. Uh, they're always in it, and they either win it or they don't. I mean, what more can you ask? Would you rather be the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? Would you rather be all these teams that are winless? Would you rather be the Falcons? Would you rather be uh, all the teams that can't win a game at all? Meanwhile, they're in every single game they play. I think Dallas will win that division easily. Yeah, and I think that they're going to beat up on the Browns on Sunday, Scotty. I think this is a spot where you see the Cowboys uh, for once not play a close game. I think that they're going to run it up on Cleveland. Let's get to Tom Brady and the Bucks. They have had some really good starts the past couple of weeks. They have the Chargers coming into their place on Sunday. Brady says we need to keep the good starts going. Yeah, we got off to a good start in all the games. Um, got to figure out how to just keep that consistency over the course of 60 minutes. It's one thing to get off to a good start. You know, you want to play well at the end of every half, too. Um, you want to start the third quarter fast. Really, you want to play great 60 minutes every week. Um, so it's it's a pretty small sample size still. Um, but, yeah, we absolutely want to get off to a fast start every game. You want to play from ahead. You want to play on your terms. And, um, you know, we're certainly going to have to, you know, as, as the year Spit goes on, out. you know, play, you know, <laughs> continue to, to gain consistency and dependability over the course of the whole oh game. So that's going to be the goal. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, sorry, Tom, what? <laughs> oh, my God, that just took forever. Spit it out, bro. Tom could not get that out. One more for you, Scotty, before we get to your picks. And that, of course, is the great Kirk Cousins, who says he's not feeling any pressure at all, despite the Vikings being 0-3. Here's Captain Kirk. <laughs> yeah, you know, I expect it to be like every other NFL game. I, I've, I've been on – I've never been 0-3, I don't think, but I've, I've been on uh, uh, now. teams where, you know, you're <laughs> – you're fighting for a playoff opportunity, and I've been on teams where you're, you know, finishing three and thirteen or four and twelve, and and uh, in both situations hey, you play with desperation because it's your job, it's your livelihood, and it's ultimately what Thief. you put on tape is a reflection of how you are at your job. And uh, I think everybody feels that desperation. It's partly what makes the NFL Cat such burglar. a great game, such a great product. But um, certainly there will be a desperation on Sunday. But I, I would also say that we felt that last week. Oh, my God, the money this guy is fleeced playing in the NFL with nothing to show for it. It is truly – it's an American story in capitalism, isn't it? All right, uh, you it ready for picks? Is. Yes, let's get your snags. Uh, where would you like to start here? Let's uh, get kicking with the early games. How about the Cardinals and the Panthers to get things going, Scotty? Well, uh, you know – I actually think the Panthers can upset the Cardinals in Charlotte. I thought uh, Bridgewater looked pretty good last week. I, I won't deny Murray's a problem, Hopkins a problem. I think Arizona allegedly is better than the Panthers. I'm not sure it's that glowing uh, and that obvious. Uh, I think Bridgewater can keep him in the game. They won without McCaffrey. They got it done last week. And now they got confidence, and they're getting three at home. I'm going to go uh, Panthers. I got them at four when it opened. Ravens, Washington. Obviously, I think the Ravens will win the game. For me, this bet was about the 14. Am I willing to take the wood? 
Uh, the problem I have is Haskins sucks so bad. Uh, they keep telling you how great he is, and they support him, and they're behind him. Christ, give me Alex Smith. Haskins sucks. But I'll take the 14 and think this is going to be a war because uh, it's like the Beltway game. I'm going to you know, try to roll the dice like I did with Washington against Philly, and they covered. They won that game outright. I don't think they'll win the game, though. Browns, Cowboys, I'm with you. I think the Cowboys light up the Browns. It's my number two play. I'm going to lay it. Originally, it was five. At four and a half, I like it even better. Colts, Bears, here again, Bears, I got them at three at home. It's two and a half now. Foles, Soldier Field. I mean, the Cubs lost. The Bears have to win, right? I'm going to take the Bears. They're my number uh, four play. Hey, uh, Jaguars, Bengals in the jungle. And I think they're going to win their first game for Burrow. I'm going to take uh, the Bengals here to win over the Jags. Uh, and they're uh, laying three, and I'm willing to lay the three there. Also, uh, Chargers, Buccaneers. Bucks are my number one play. I got it. Laying seven. I think Brady's going to wipe them out. I think Herbert will have his problems in Tampa. Everything's going Tampa's way right now in that city, and I think the Bucks are no exception. Vikings, Texans. I think the Texans win their first game, and the Vikings continue to lose. That number might be a problem at three and a hook, uh, but I'm willing to try it with – uh, Watson here, and then you got the Saints and Lions. Uh, I think the Saints are going to win the game, but I like the Lions. I got them at five, at four and a half. Uh, it's a little sketchy. Seahawks and Dolphins. Uh, I like Seattle to win, but I like the Finns to cover the fat number. I got it at seven, at six on FanDuel. Giants, Rams. Rams laying 13. I'm going to go for it rolling here with the Rams. I think that the Giants are basically a hangover hurl. And then uh, Bills Raiders, I'm going Bills here on the road. My number three play, laying the two and a hook. It went to three on FanDuel. Patch Chiefs, I like the Chiefs to win, but I'm going to go Cam and the uh, points. I got it at seven. It's shrunk to five and a half. Eagles, Niners, I'm going Niners. Taking Philly with the seven to cover backdoor because they're desperate uh, as a homeless person. Honestly, they need this win. Uh, no doubt about it. It's no joke. They got to get it done. Packers, Falcons, I'm going to go pack and lay the seven. I think the Falcons are atrocious. They're basically homeless. So there's all my NFL plays. Get those and Mafia's UFC picks. And all the baseball, NBA, for all on events.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, for all back on uh, Coast to Coast. Carver, I, do you know where I was 21 years ago tonight? I do not. Where were you? I was calling uh, the first ever Atlanta Thrasher game at Phillips Arena, the hub in Hot Town, a 4-1 loss to the visiting New Jersey Devils in which Captain Kelly Bookberger, who hated my guts, but it didn't matter because at the end of his career, he really sucked. Uh, he scored the first goal in Thrasher's history, and I called their first game uh, ever 
uh, in Atlanta. And uh, 10 years later, they were gone in Ferelepeg. So they did a great job running the team into the ground. Uh, but you can blame Pharrell for all of that, like they did uh, after that miserable season of 11 wins. Uh, but 21 years ago tonight, I call it the first game ever there. Uh, the Bruins are actively gauging Tuka Rask trade value. I got to ask you really quick. Do you think uh, when he went home and didn't play with them in the playoffs, they made their mind up? Yeah, I think that there were a few guys, even though he had to go home, he had the situation with the family. I think there's probably a lot of guys internally who did not like what went on with Tuka Rask. Vegas uh, unveiled their new uh, third jersey, their gold jersey. Maybe that'll help them in the uh, later rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs moving forward because they seem to always find a way to lose there, don't they? Those are sweet threads. I saw them today. They look awesome. Yeah, everybody needs one. NHL 94 Rewind brings back all the great players with uh, today's players with the same game from back then. So they're going retro 94. I love that. All right, so the Cubs are out. They're packing their bags, the glad bags at Wrigley. The Marlins are moving on. We got coming up at 7 Eastern, Cards and Padres from Petco. Hopefully that'll go well for our friends on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and Southern California. I'd love to see the Padres and Dodgers. I still think the Cardinals will beat them in Flaherty, uh, but we'll see what happens there. Enjoy all the college football on Saturday, UFC Saturday night, Payne Day NFL Sunday. No Steelers game. Drag. Game time decisions is next on Sports Grid. I'll see you tonight on Sports Grid Radio. Pharrell on a bench. Have a great weekend, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.